Hello my lovelies, this is the Sober Manifesto. My name is Dinny and I am not only your host, but I am a mindset coach, a realtor and a manifesting master. With this podcast, it is my intention to inspire you into action to help you elevate your life to receive more wealth and happiness. Whether you want to take your business to the next level, find true love or just attract more money and abundance, this podcast is for you. I will be sharing with you how I personally transformed my life, healing my relationship with money and changing my mindset to believe that I was worthy of being a badass boss bitch. Life is not a competition, people. It is a community and there is enough abundance for everyone. So join me today as we grow with gratitude, lift each other up, maybe cry a little bit and just start winning. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Sober Manifesto, your favorite manifesting podcast with me, your host, Denora. Well, it's been one hell of a week. And I've actually decided that I'm going to start releasing these podcasts on a Friday. It makes more sense for me in my business week. So you've got something to look forward to and to listen to over the weekend. Woo! No one cares but me. Everyone cares. I'm not putting that into the universe. Everyone cares. This is everyone's favorite podcast. So what's been going on with me this week? Well, it's been a crazy week. Actually, I I think I've fallen deeper in love this week. It's weird because I've never experienced a love like this. I'm now myself, I'm used to being such an addict. The old me was such an addict, such an obsessive person that all of my relationships have reciprocated that behavior. And what do we know about obsessions and addictions, my friends? So easy to fall into, devastating to try and get out of, and usually they don't serve you at all. So you have to let them go. Now this one, completely different. Aptly, she is named Angel and she is an absolute one to me. But from day one, it was not that like rush of adrenaline feeling. It was more of a feeling of home. Now don't let it fool you. Of course, there was butterflies and all that lovey-dovey shit. But it was more than that. It was like, it was like trust. It was like absolute trust. I realized a while ago that there really isn't many people in my life that I absolutely trust or that I have given my absolute trust to and they haven't fucked it up. So this was really strange. I mean, everybody has this false trust that they give people in the beginning and they like to say, oh my God, I trust everyone. It's it's not. I think we test everyone and then we give too much during that test and we set ourselves up for failure. But this was different. It was like the change in my mindset and my sobriety definitely made me present myself differently too. If I was still drinking and acting all fucking manic and, and all that lovely stuff, I don't I don't think she would have been attracted to me. And I definitely wouldn't have felt comfortable being a wreck around her. So being in a relationship with her wouldn't have been it, it wouldn't have been an option. She's she's a great part of my journey. I feel like I feel like I've earned this, like I'm worthy of this. She has she's given me so much, so much that I've asked for way before I met her. All those years of moving and moving on, I'm finally home. Damn. I'm I'm home. I'm 39 years old and I'm home. So when oh jeez, I just saying that makes me tingle. 
So when all the naysayers and eye rollers hint at me that I live my life with values of a woo-woo crazy person, I shut my mouth and I think about all the things I have whilst they continue to remind me of the things that I lack. Shut the fuck up, Karens. No one cares. I'm happy. Leave me alone. And it's not just that I'm happy. I'm, I'm successful. When I read my old manifesting journals and I look at all the things I'm, <clears throat> I consistently wrote and never was able to get a handle on, it was things like, I want to stop drinking. I want to stop smoking. I want to be more consistent. I want to meditate more. I want to work out more. I want to know who I am. And it's funny because I can tick all those off now and now my wants and my needs are different. And back then also I focused a lot on materialism, a lot of things like I wanted money and I wanted a house and I, I wanted a beautiful brand new car and it was just a load of shit. It was like I wanted to change my wardrobe and yet those things still appeal to me but it's definitely changed a lot right now I'm I'm manifesting things like integration of my body and my spirit and my mind and true happiness doesn't come from anything external people can make you happy things can make you happy but you have to internally be happy you have to know who you are and you have to love who you are love who you see in the mirror and it's funny because I'm so amazingly happy I'm so amazingly happy I, I love me. It blows my mind. And I love Angel. And she looks nothing like Jane Fonda. That's crazy to me too. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm wondering how many of you have been working through your blocks recently and have noticed that you're starting to remember shit that you haven't thought about for years. Look, I've been doing this for a long time and I still have random memories pop into my brain every now and again. My favourite, hands down, hands down, just popped into my head the other day and I thought I have to share it with everyone. It was, it was back in the day, I was living in London and it was when I was woken by a gaggle of police officers one summer's morning. I'm not quite sure if you call a group of policemen of roughly like six to eight people a gaggle, but it sounds good. So that's what we're going to roll with. Now, let me set the scene. It's 6am. It's hot. I live in a block of flats in a country where air conditioning is not a thing. If it is now, I don't know. I haven't lived there for nearly 11 years, but it wasn't then. Henceforth, I am not dressed. I am naked. I am nude. I lived alone, just me and my two children. No one cared. Now, at some point, my children, unbeknownst to me, had woken up and decided that for the first time in their little lives, because they must have only been, you know, four and two, I believe, uh, they decided they were going to let me sleep. And they went to go and hang out in the living room. Now, at some point, my eldest one, who we shall name Satan for the purpose of this anonymity, anonymity, Anonymin anonymity, I don't know. Is that anonymity? Okay, we're just going to call her Satan because I don't want to share her real name. Now, she, she decided she was going to play mums and dads and that she was going to play with the phone. So we had house phones back then. She just picked it up, smashed a shit ton of numbers and had magically gotten through to the police. This is where I need to stop the story for just one moment. I need to give you some necessary items. Their biological father um, and I had recently parted ways. Now, he was a very, very violent man. And due to a recent attack where the contents of my flat were completely destroyed, my address and my phone number 
were on, well, they were flagged as high alert. Um, oh, he's such a bitch. If, if I could go back for just one day, I would find myself and just shake me really, really hard. So anyway, tiny humans call the police. Police see my number is flagged, so police operator asks my teeny tiny children, where is mummy? To which my four-year-old states, in bed, we can't wake her up. Fast forward approximately four minutes and she's opening the door to the very lovely policeman who wants to visit mummy just to make sure that mummy is okay. None of which I'm aware of because it's before 7am and I'm fast asleep. <sighs> Hello, I hear. Excuse me. I think I'm dreaming. I roll over, open my eyes. Now, I can, I can see this in my mind. I can see this gaggle of policemen, roughly six to eight of them. I know I'm naked. I just can't process it fast enough. My room is full of people. None of them I invited, but I'm naked. I kind of, I, I think I kind of stretched at some point too. At some point I managed to wake up enough to pull my sheets over myself and just kind of stare. And actually I, I thought they were here for my ex. Um, some early morning raid for a man whose talent was breaking laws. It just, uh, it didn't kind of bother me. I just, I couldn't piece it together that they were here for me and not for him. So <laughs> I was completely embarrassed when they explained to me, hello, young single mother who has already made bad decisions with men. Um, how have you allowed your daughters to be unattended near a telephone? Because now we're here and you've wasted our time. Okay, it wasn't quite as mean as that, but that's how I felt at the time. And, and there it was, and I realised why I remembered it. If I go back and was able to look in at that memory from a bystander's, they probably didn't do that. They probably was just making sure I was okay, was very glad I was, didn't feel like they had their time wasted at all, and had an amazing story to talk about when they went back to the station. But because I was young, I was a single parent, I didn't make the best decision when I chose a father to my youngest children. I felt like I was being attacked. And you know, back then my relationship with authority figures was not great, as a lot of people were. You know, you see the police and you just, you assimilate them with like a negative feeling. So in that moment, I realized why that part of the memory, that core had to be worked through. It's, it made my stomach feel funny. It was insecurity around authority. It was feeling of less. It was that moment that I learned my past choices. Still, all these years later, 16 years later, affect my present timeline. They say hindsight is 2020, right? So we need to break down the memory and change our reaction to a response. So now, instead of remembering that moment with sadness, I mean, I've told that story before and I've always laughed, but I've always afterwards contemplated the the embarrassment and just how sad was it that my children were just playing with a phone and the police rushed round because they thought I had been murdered in my bed so that's what I did I focused on all this shit and now I think oh my god how lucky that I was that age making those kind of decisions but I still had a roof over my head and it was a nice roof the flat I had was brand new I was the first one to move into it the girls were so good and adorable and the police were trying and failing to teach them telephone safety and all the girls wanted to do was show the police their new pink bedroom. 
They responded really quickly to that situation. And let's face it, if if the reality was that he had done that and I needed him, they were there really quickly. And there was enough of them to handle the situation and look after my daughters. And it, it actually, it could have saved my life if I was still alive, right? I have truly, truly, truly understood recently the power behind recollection. You can change your core memories and how you respond to them now, as opposed to how you reacted to them back then. It didn't matter that they all saw me naked. It doesn't matter anymore. It's a long time ago. They're lucky because if they'd have seen me naked now, it's a whole different story. It's a whole different story. Changing your mindset, changing your perspective, it's, it's all relevant. You have the ability to respond or to react to memories in any way that you wish. It's funny that until today, it was the police that triggered that insecurity, but nothing about the man who tormented me for years makes me feel anything. Not anger, not sadness, just nothing. That's the beauty of living your life with positivity. If it doesn't serve you, you can let it go. I think today we're gonna to talk a little bit more about forgiveness. Forgiveness is everything. And I think it's really necessary to talk about this because I need to remind myself sometimes that what you did to me yesterday, I won't do to myself today. What that means is my past can stay there and the more I reminisce and ruminate, the more I am harming myself. You really need to understand that every traumatic moment that has happened to you is in no way a direct result of the universe giving you what you deserve or have unknowingly asked for. Bad things happen. The wheel of life is constantly turning. You didn't deserve them, you didn't ask for them, but how you react to them and recover is a choice. Response over reaction. In February of 2019, I gave birth to my youngest daughter on my 36th birthday. We share a birthday, Valentine's Day. 10 days later, her dad left for deployment and although her father came home six months later, my husband didn't. Our, our marriage was in, in trouble. Soon after he was home, like just a few weeks later, he went away again for work. And after eight weeks, when he came home, he said, it's just, I just don't feel like I'm in love with you the same anymore. And don't go throwing daggers at him or anything. Did I think he cheated? Yes. Do I have any proof? No. But I believe it because I don't believe in coincidences, only synchronicities. And for me, there was too much proof. Does it matter if he did? No, because it was his way out of a marriage that wasn't working for both of us. I just was prepared to stay in it and be unhappy. And he, and he wasn't. Basically, he set the wheel turning for something that was gonna happen inevitably anyway. But never again, never again will I allow myself to stay in a seas of sadness. Artex, you're on your own, love. I've got to get out. There is no way I'm going to put myself in a position that makes me unhappy just to make someone else happy. Because I truly do love him, not in a romantic way, but I appreciate him as a person. And we were great friends before we even dated. Actually, I met him in a gay bar many, many years ago, just after I had my second child. And she's 18 now. Said gay bar just happened to be the best karaoke spot in the entire country of England. And I wish it was still there today, the Richmond Arms. You are missed truly, but unfortunately it isn't. Now getting back to my story, um, months before my husband came back from deployment and all that shit kicked off, 
Well, about a year before he even left, I had started my manifesting journey and I was on top. I was winning competitions. Free money was literally landing on my doorstep. Um, I had wanted my eyebrows microbladed and it was $400. And I knew my husband would not agree to it. Even though I made my own money, it was just, it was an excessive expense. So I manifested it and I wrote down every day for like three days that I'm really excited to get my new eyebrows. And then this check from the insurance company, apparently we'd overpaid it on, just came through the mail for $400. Yes. And my then perfect job with a European company that just felt like home came out of nowhere and was thrust into my lap. Everything was just coming at me faster than I could scribble it down or dream it up. And I decided to focus scarily on me. And it's funny, I, I spoke earlier about recently finding my manifesting notebook from back then. And reading through it, I understand why I'm sitting here today past my legal separation and I'm okay with it. The perfect life I had penned is actually now mine, but it was never his. The universe didn't make my husband leave. It changed the way I lived in the world. I started to believe in myself again and for the first time open to receive everything I always dreamed of without having to sacrifice my happiness for the sake of just existing in someone else's dream. Existing was what I was used to. Surviving? Now not even living is enough. Now I'm thriving. In time, I forgave my husband, I forgave myself, I forgave everyone who ever gave me an excuse to dwell in my pity, and then I forgave the universe for giving me exactly what I asked for, which was happiness. Because I wasn't happy in my marriage, so it was just one of the things that had to go. And that's all right, because it wasn't the person who was making me unhappy, it was the situation. I wasn't being able to live my true self. I think forgiveness is a tool that's really important to use every day. Just today, actually, um, I was meditating and manifesting and it popped into my head that I really need to forgive myself for the expectations I put upon myself. 60 days ago, I started this 100 day challenge, which is a 100 day countdown towards my one year of sobriety. I'm very, I'm extremely proud of myself, but I wanted to make the, heart, the last 100 days feel like I really earned them. I set this expectation that I was gonna work out hardcore every day for 100 days and be this badass entrepreneur who lifts weights and runs marathons. And about 21 days in, I realized that I'd been working out really, really hard. I'd remain consistent, but I hadn't really lost, I hadn't actually lost any weight at all. And something told me to go to the doctors. So I did, and I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's. Now, if you don't know what Hashimoto's is, it's an autoimmune disease, which basically is the inflammation of your thyroid. And basically for my entire life, all those aches and pains I've been feeling and extreme tiredness and panic attacks and anxiety and urticaria and blah, blah, blah. They've all actually been a result of this. So I really needed to change my mindset again. I couldn't be this She-Ra who runs marathons and weightlifts every day and whatever, whatever. I had to give my body as much time to heal as I have been given my mind lately. 
and I had to forgive myself for the expectations I had put upon my body to make me feel better. I put some very harsh expectations on myself and I think my perception for success, and this is how I've always envisioned myself to be, was, you know, entrepreneurial, successfully running my businesses, making, you know, making myself financially free, running. And I, listen, I even see myself like Phoebe Buffay, just running through the fields, like all crazy. And then the athlete side of me, I'm like, all right, smarten up and I'm going around the track and, and then I'm doing these CrossFit competitions and weightlifting. These are the things I've imagined for myself for so long, but they were harsh expectations. How did I expect to do all those things, which do actually interest me and really excite me without allowing my body to heal from everything I have put it through for the, my entire life? I'm only sober right now for nearly 11 months and my mind has only started to be free for about that time too. So I really need to forgive myself for putting so much on my plate at once. I have realised that forgiveness isn't just for other people. Forgiveness is for your, your inner self. Forgiveness is for your expectations. Forgiveness is letting go of everything from your past and not letting it affect your future. It's a really important lesson for me to, to learn. So my workouts have changed. I wake up in the morning at 5 a.m. and I still do my hour of meditation and, and manifesting because that's so important to me and it really sets my day up with proper intentions. But now I do yoga in the mornings. And then later on in the day, when my girlfriend gets home from work, we walk together outside in the fresh air and it's changed my life. I'm really excited to see where I'm gonna be this time next year, but that doesn't mean I want time to fly because I really appreciate every second, every minute, every hour I have in this lifetime right now and I'm enjoying it and every day is a lesson and I'm enjoying learning. I'm reading more. I'm connecting with my spiritual side more. Meditation was on my, I need to do more of list for a long time. And now it's just become such a natural part of my day. And it helps clear my mind that I don't know what I do without it. Sharing all of everything that I've learned with you guys is a real big part of my successes too, because to, to know is to share and to share is to learn and we should every day be you know making steps to make ourselves stronger and better and faster and happier and I think an educated person is so powerful and it's really attractive to me too even my girlfriend she started an apprenticeship at a new place recently and one of the things he makes her do is learn the history of the art of tattooing and it's so interesting. She puts these tattoo shows on the TV. I think it's Tattoo Legend or something. And I just, listen, I might be mental, but I just find out, found out that Ed Hardy, like the legendary Ed Hardy from the 90s, is a tattoo artist originally. I didn't know that. Please, listen, don't laugh at me. You may all have known that, but I didn't. And I think just those little things, learning these little things that make you sit back and go, huh, just excite me. 
And we need to be excited. We need to raise our vibrations. We need to be happy. I can't be on this podcast every day telling you really embarrassing stories about myself all the time just to make you laugh. I have a lot of them and I'm sure they will all come out. But you need to find your own ways to live, laugh and be happy. Maybe someone should put that on a board and you can stick it up in your kitchen because no one's got one of those signs, right? (laughs) I need to find that TikTok where those people go around and just read all of the quotes that are in their parents' houses. Hands up if you're one of the people who has Live Life Laugh written at least once in your house on a wall somewhere. I am not that person. I have bollocks on a wooden sign in my kitchen. But that's because I'm British and I am unapologetically hilarious to myself. (laughs) Well, listen, we've got to the end of episode four. I was really excited to share this week with you because it was one of my aha moments for me. And actually, when I first started writing this episode, it was about something completely different, but everything's just slowed down a lot for me I was the kind of person to run at a million miles an hour and I wanted to be the fastest and the strongest and the best but you can't you cannot do that if you don't create a strong foundation and my strong foundation is not going to happen if my body is swollen and sore and inflamed because it makes me tired and lethargic and I don't sleep and my you know, I'm bingy and I, th- I think that's the kind of root source of my addiction problems is when I'm feeling shit, my body reacts into, instead of responds. Hmm. I just figured that out. Well, I'm glad you all here for that aha moment too. So I'm going to go and eat my lunch, which is a very lovely anti-inflammatory lunch of not much, but I am feeling a lot better and I've only been doing this complete anti-inflammatory diet for a few days and I've been sleeping which is awesome because I'm usually up till two three in the morning I just my takeaway for you all today is to listen when you're asking for things the answer may not always be what you're expecting I didn't expect for Hashimoto's I didn't expect for my body to respond to my zest for life by telling me to slow down but sometimes We need to do something out of the ordinary to get the extraordinary. Alas, we are at the end of episode four of The Sober Manifesto with me, your host, Denora. Thank you so much for joining me on another interesting episode and I look forward to seeing you all once again next week. (laughs) 